praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you, oh, I love you, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, oh, you're worthy, so worthy, oh, you're worthy, most holy Lord. Let's turn to John chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son. If we just remember that Jesus came and stopped somewhere, that's enough for us. This is the location. Jesus came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. It is a historical location, historic location. And God, in his word, he says that Jesus came to this location, historic location, where Jacob gave this well to his son Joseph. So that well's name was called Jacob's well, because it belonged to Jacob. So verse 6 says, Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Jesus was very tired. But remember, Jesus never does anything casually. Jesus never says, oh, I'm so tired so I'm going to sit by this tree or by this well. Our God is a very intentional God. Even if he's tired, every stop is very intentional. So Jesus, though he was tired, he sat at this well, he had something in mind. He knew something. Jesus Christ is the only one who knows the end from the beginning. Jesus Christ is the only one who knows what we thought on our beds last night. Jesus is the only one who knows what we thought this morning before we left our house. Jesus is the only one who knows every detail of our lives. And Jesus, knowing what was happening, came and sat at this well about noontime. Verse 7 says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. I love Jesus Christ. I love him very, very much. Because even though he knows our hearts, he's very kind and he's very nice. He never comes to threaten anyone. He never comes in a way to embarrass anyone. He came to this well. You have to remember, this is a Samaritan woman. Jesus was a Jew. Jewish people and Samaritan people were not allowed to mix. Jesus was a Jew, and this was a Samaritan woman. Number one, this was a Samaritan. Number two, this was a woman. One is Samaritan. Two is she was a woman. Now you look at this combination. Looks like a deadly combination for a Jewish man. Because Jesus Christ was not supposed to be interacting with Samaritan and with a woman. Jesus Christ crossed every barrier because he loved the soul. He said, I love this woman. And if you look at the woman's life, it's amazing. Because she is not the daughter of the priest. She is not the daughter of a king. She is not a daughter of a high priest or some religiously very, very high 
functioning, everything together, women are from a family. When you read the story, you will know the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he came and he sat in this well, very well knowing as God in flesh that noontime that this woman is going to come. So verse 7 says, she came over here and who is starting the conversation? Jesus who is not supposed to be talking. To a Samaritan woman is starting the conversation. He's saying, please give me a drink. He was not doing it because he was thirsty. He was doing it with a specific purpose in heart. He was trying to reach out to her heart. Anytime God wants to reach out to us, he may uh, look like, it may look like he's asking something from us. We should remember that God does not need anything from us. He doesn't need anything from us. But, he does something so that he can bless us. So he came and he asked this woman for something. He said, give me a drink, because he wanted to bless her. Now let's read verse 8. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Verse 9, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? She knew the custom very well. She said, you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan and I'm a woman. You're not supposed to be talking with me. Why are you talking with me? This is something unusual. This man is talking with me. Why? Why? And if you look at the story and the life of this woman, you will know why. Jesus sent all his disciples away to buy food and he stayed behind. He didn't go with them. He stayed behind with a specific reason. Just to talk to this woman. This Samaritan woman. She came there to get water. Because she said, I'm not going during the day. I want to go during the afternoon when nobody sees me. Because nobody wanted to talk to her. The Lord, God of heaven and earth, he said, Nobody wants to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you. When nobody wants to talk to us, Jesus is there to talk to us. In all our lonely moments, in all our bitter moments, in all our angry moments, in all our frustrated moments, Jesus Christ is there to talk to us. I really want to challenge you today. Try talking to Jesus Christ. Try talking to Jesus Christ and he will talk back to you. Because he's alive. And so, this woman came and she's wondering, why is he talking to me? And all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, there's a reason if you see why he sent all his disciples away. Like I said, Jesus will never embarrass you in front of anybody. Jesus will never embarrass me in front of anybody. He's such a loving God. Even though he knows all the story. Even though he knows every detail, there's nothing we can hide from him. He will never embarrass in front of anybody. He wanted to get the point across to this woman. He made sure he sent his disciples away. And it was a private, one-on-one conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one we can go to and confide everything in him. He's the only one we can go and tell all our failures, all our shortcomings, all our sins. Never go back being ashamed of who we are. Because when we go to Jesus Christ, He embraces us. His embrace is like no other. And so this woman, she came and she told Jesus, Lord, I don't know why you're talking to me. And Jesus is replying to her. 
it goes inside and then goes <laughs> inside your stomach and then starts bubbling <laughs> and then comes out of you as if it was in the bottle. Now, once you open it, it loses, right? Its potency is gone. By the time you drink it, everything changes, its chemical structure, everything changes. It just goes in and it's out. That's it. But the living water Jesus gives, Jesus says, it goes inside you and there's a bubbling that takes place, a beautiful bubbling that takes place that you cannot understand or you cannot explain. Only thing that you know is it's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling. When Jesus comes into a person, all they can do is, oh, it's bubbling. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. And my daughter, uh, Esther, when she prays, she prays, you know, for a while in the presence of the Lord. And when she comes out, she says, I had fun. She'll say, we'll say what? Well, then my little one will ask, fun? How did he have fun? She said, it was so wonderful in the presence of the Lord. She said, I don't know how to say it, but all I can say is fun. She said, it's fun to be with Jesus. It's not boring to be with Jesus. It's fun to be with Jesus. Only those who are with Jesus know that it is a delight to be with Jesus. And so this woman, she didn't know what Jesus was talking about. All the bubbling, all the excitement, all of a sudden how you feel that you cannot contain it within you. That you have to go and tell somebody because it is coming out of you. Isn't that beautiful? So he is actually narrating, he's actually giving an explanation of what that living water is and how it operates. And so, as soon as she heard that, he sa- she said, hmm, that's interesting. I've never seen something like that. She had to just imagine in her mind, drinking water. And it's bubbling, and it's coming out. And what happens with that? Are we a walking, bubbling machine where you drink water and it bubbles and it keeps coming out? And you, what is he talking about? So she says, hmm, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water that I will never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. When you read this line, you can understand the despair that was in the woman's heart. She was a lonely woman. She was a woman who was going through so much. Every day she had to come to the well for one reason, to get water. She would have felt every time, I wish I don't have to come to this well. He's mocking me, she's mocking me. I come at a time where nobody sees. I don't like anybody around here. She went all alone to that well. Somebody that she did not know. That she thought who did not know her story met her. Even though he knew her story, he was so kind to her. Isn't that beautiful? Somebody who knows your story, everything, imagine. They know everything about our lives. Everything, not even a dot can be hidden. And he still loves us. That's the beautiful love story with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so he says something very beautiful. And she says, Lord, give me that water so I don't have to thirst again. Jesus says something so beautiful. He didn't say, here, I'll give you water. No. He said, go get your husband. Jesus is saying, go get your husband. So now, she is a very smart woman. She's a very smart woman. She didn't say, Jesus said, go get your husband. So, let me say, okay, I'll take some water, I'll go get it and disappear. Right? Even though she was somebody who had a very... Difficult life. She was honest over there. 
one thing that will get us closer to God is honesty. Doesn't matter what our sin is, no doesn't matter how much we've done, what we've done, what our past is. But if you're honest before the Almighty God, the Lord says, "Welcome. Welcome. I'll take you right now, right in." And so, when she said to Jesus, "Lord, I don't have a husband," the woman replied, very polished way, she said, "I don't have a husband, Lord. I don't have a husband." And Jesus said, "You're right. You don't have a husband." For you had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Do you understand that love with which Jesus spoke? Jesus didn't say, "Oh, you're pretending to be a nice woman, a righteous woman, you know, this is your background." And he didn't intimidate her. He didn't try to control her. You know how she would have been already a broken person. The Bible says God will never break a broken person. She was broken already and she came to that well. Jesus saying, I'm laying out the facts but without breaking you down because I want you to know that I know everything about you. And so, he said you had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. You don't see an extra sentence from there. He didn't say, "Poor you, how miserable you. Don't you know how you have to live and how can you live like this?" Nothing like that. Man looks on the outside. Man says nasty things. Man tears a person down, but never God. God is not like man. God is very different. And so, when she heard the truth from the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 19, the woman said, "Sir," the woman is saying, "you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship?" While we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped. She's a very smart woman like I said. She's she knew Jesus was a prophet now at this point. But you know what she said? I know what you're saying, but I'm going to turn the topic now. How many of us have done that before? When we don't want to answer somebody something, right? Very cleverly we try to switch the topic, say something else. But she forgot. She didn't know who she was talking to. So she told Jesus. She became very spiritual all of a sudden. <laughs> she realized that he was a prophet. So all of a sudden she became very spiritual. She started talking about the mountain, she started talking about worship, she started She wasn't talking about all of these things before. All of a sudden she started talking spiritual talk. Jesus replied even that question. Now he didn't say, "Hey, don't change the topic." Did I ask you a question? Why are you changing the topic? He didn't say that. Like I said, Jesus will never embarrass us. So Jesus is so good. He's replying now. Jesus replied, "Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it'll no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews." But verse 23, the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Something happened to this woman when she heard that. He did not condemn her. He did not rebuke her. He didn't cut her down. He didn't tear her down, but instead he so gently replied to her question. He said, "You know what? 
you don't know what you're worshipping. I'm going to tell you how to worship. Days are coming when my people, not only Jewish people, you too, you Samaritan too, will worship God in spirit and truth. Because God is looking for everybody to worship Him in spirit and truth. The moment she heard that, she said, I know that Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain to us everything. So she had some information. She said, Messiah is coming. I know Messiah will come and explain to us everything. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. There's a revelation given to her. A progressive revelation given to her. Jesus didn't come there and he didn't go and look at the Samaritan woman initially and say, Hey, Samaritan woman, I am the Messiah. Imagine if he would have introduced himself like that. <laughs> I think she would have taken the pot and she would have ran. He is such an amazing God. He knows how to communicate. Jesus is the best person who communicates to the people. And he's the best person that we can communicate with and expect a response from him. You can expect a response from Jesus when you talk to him. You can expect a response from Jesus when you talk to him. I repeat, you can expect a response from Jesus when you talk to him. This lady, though lonely lady, though didn't have anyone on her side, though she was a very sinful lady, when she came here, when she was not looking for Jesus Christ, Jesus came looking for her when he was tired. Imagine how much he valued her. Even though she was a sinful woman. Even though she was a woman who was lonely. She was not a popular woman. She was not somebody who can say, oh, I can fund your ministry. No. She was a lonely, miserable woman who was just coming during the afternoon time so that nobody can see her. And she came there. When she came there, she had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ stopped her. And he gave her his eternal life. Transformed her life. When the revelation of who Jesus was came to this woman. You can read the rest of the chapter when you go home. I really encourage you to go home and read this. You can see the transformation in her life. Once she knew that Jesus was the Messiah. You know what she did? She didn't say, oh you're the Messiah. I'm so glad that I had an encounter with you. Thank you Lord. And she didn't go back. And she just didn't stay. She became an evangelist. She went and she called her entire town. She went and called her entire town. She said, could this be the Messiah? Could this be the Messiah? Hey, I saw the Messiah. Could this be the Messiah? Come and see for yourself. Even though she was not a reliable woman, a woman especially who had five husbands and the one she was with was not even a husband. Especially back in those days. It was a terrible thing. Even now, it's not a common thing. But in that culture especially, nobody will want to hear from this woman. But the excitement with which she went and gave the information drew the town to Jesus Christ. No matter what we are, no matter how we are, remember, you and I have the capacity to draw a nation to Jesus. No matter how we feel, if we have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, now we may feel worthless inside. We may feel insignificant. We may be like the Samaritan woman trying to do things. Secret. During the day when nobody sees. Don't want to even talk with anybody. 
Because I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like the way they look. I don't like anything that they do. All these people have families. And look at me. I don't like the way I live, but I have no choice. The Holy Spirit says, Jesus came for that kind of a person. Jesus came to her and he had a conversation with her. Even though she tried to switch topic, he answered her question and brought her back to the focus. Main point, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times we may think, oh, I tried running away from Jesus. Jesus tried to talk to me. I tried running away from Jesus. You know what? No matter where we go, how we go, he's such a good God. Every time he comes and gives us a hug. He says, don't try to escape because I'm so good. I am life and life eternal. Once we have that encounter with the Lord Jesus, knowing that he is the Messiah, he is the giver of life, the life that he gives, nobody can give. Five husbands, one living with her is not her husband. Obviously, he couldn't give her what she needed. There was no satisfaction. But when she met the Messiah and she knew what he said was true, she said, I have to tell everybody in my town, everyone needs to know this Messiah. She knew there were a lot of people who were like her, lonely, bitter. They may be married, not married, doesn't matter. We don't have the Lord. Everybody is miserable, basically. We have Jesus, it makes a whole lot of difference. She found the difference in the Lord Jesus Christ. God is speaking to our hearts this afternoon. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, whatever our problem is, there's no problem that is too big. We can think, oh, my problem is so big. Oh, it is so impossible. Oh, this is what has been said of me. If she would have thought like that, oh, five husbands, I can go back and erase each husband, right? I can't erase and go back to thinking, even if I want to live with one husband, it's not going to happen. She, she knew Jesus has the magic eraser to erase her past. Only Jesus can do that. He has a supernatural, I shouldn't use the word magic, I should say supernatural eraser. He has a supernatural eraser to wipe her past and make her slate clean. He only has the power to say, you know what, I'm going to look at you like you never did anything wrong. I'm going to look at you as my princess. For who you are, the world may look at you like, oh, this woman, she's somewhere at the bottom. But when Jesus looks at us, he says, you're my princess. You know what? Whose opinion matters? God's opinion matters. Not man's. God's opinion matters. When God erases our past, when God presses that permanent delete button and it is gone for good, what he says matters. If he looks at us, if he looks at us and he says, you are my prince, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my princess, you are priceless to me, you're worth dying for, That should bring tears to our eyes. Shall we all stand up together? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, you're so good. You're so merciful. Lord, you thought that we are worth dying for. And you came to this world, oh Lord, knowing who we are. Lord, you came to us. What can we say? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, 
Lord, we cannot say that we are better than the Samaritan woman. It is your mercy we are what we are here today. As you loved the Samaritan woman, in spite of her lifestyle, in spite of who she was, in spite of, Lord, her shortcomings, her sinful lifestyle, her loneliness, you went to that lonely person. You went to the rejected woman. You went to that Samaritan. You broke every boundary and every barrier, Jesus. You went and spoke to that woman. And you lifted her up in front of everybody. All of a sudden she became an evangelist. She had some worth that she went and called everybody and everybody listened to her. Because God did something in her life. All of a sudden she became a person who drew crowds to Jesus Christ. You transformed her life, Lord. I pray that you'll transform each and every one of our lives over here. Help us to remember how much you love us. Help us to remember how much you love us. Help us to remember how much you love us. You came to save and seek that which was lost. And we thank you that you came and you found the Samaritan woman. Lord, we pray that you'll continue to work in our hearts throughout this week, O Heavenly Father. Help us to have that living water bubbling from our bellies, O Lord. As we spend time in your presence, help us to have an encounter with you, Lord, this week. Help us to shut everything down, Father, so that we can talk to you. If Jesus can send the disciples away just to talk to the Samaritan woman, Lord, we can shut everything down to talk to you, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Help us to spend time with you, Jesus. Help us to spend time with you, Jesus, so that we too can hear your voice, so we too can get that revelation of who you are, so we too can go and impact others, O oh Lord. We just don't want to be coming to this well every time, just carrying a pot and going back home. We don't want to have a routine. Oh, Father, we want to be life changers for the kingdom of God. And I pray that you will bless each one of us, O oh Lord, this month of October. May your living water bubble from within us. You'll transform us, Lord, and make us life changers like you did with the Samaritan woman. When we are weak, then we are strong. May your strength be made perfect in all our weaknesses. And we thank you for doing this. Go with us, O Lord, this afternoon. Bless us, O Father. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Praise you, Lord.